Welcome to a special edition of Podcast 99. I'm Ryan Lichten, and today we're going to be speaking with Rich Voss, who was the MC of the West Stage. We had Brother Weiss on, who was the MC of the East Stage, the main stage, and we used to call him Big Raspy or Old Raspy. Well, now we're going to have Young Raspy, a.k.a. Little Raspy. Uh, we used to call them that because we had no idea who either of the guys were, and uh, the one thing they had in common was this gravelly voice that will come with uh, screaming at you know hundreds of thousands of people for several days at a time. So we were lucky enough to get them on. We're probably going to have this one up as a video, too, on our YouTube channel, which is just at Podcast 99. So hope you enjoy our chat with West Stage MC Rich Voss. All right. So Rich Voss. Thank you for being on the show. How are you today? Uh, there's a pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. But how are you? That's what's important. I'm okay. I mean, uh, I think today seems a little like yesterday and the day before and the last five months. All right. Well, we're going to... Then tomorrow. Right. I'm all right. I mean, I, it is what it is. I'm out, you know. I'm okay. I'm, I lost my golf swing, so I'm really upset. Ah, shit. Well, I'm sure you'll, you'll get it back, but let's go all the way back now. Let's not, we're not talking a couple days ago. We're talking 20 years ago. The year is 1999. Where are you yeah. at? Where are you at in your career at that time? When Woodstock is announced, like kind of set the stage for us as far as how you got to be on the stage there. Uh, I guess somebody canceled it and they got to the V's. I was working, <laughs> I was supposed to work this club in Princeton, Catch a Rising Star. And I think I got a call on Tuesday. It could have been Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I don't even know. Do you want to host Woodstock 99? Yeah, of course. You know. Uh, uh, so I go to the club on the Thursday and I tell them I can't do the weekend. Uh, I get, I'm hosting Woodstock 99. And the club owner got mad. The manager, not the owner. The man. I go... I could host one of the biggest concerts in history and you're mad and I'm not doing the weekend. Uh, I might've called him and told him that and then did the Thursday night for him. Then I drove and did Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Right. Yeah. When, yeah. Uh, a funny story at Woodstock. So uh, I'm hosting the West stage, which is great. So first in the beginning, uh, you know, I'm up there you know, doing announcements, doing crowd work, doing whatever. And uh, there's two girls, they're on their boyfriend's shoulders, right? And they're both topless. Right, we call it shoulder titties on the show. Oh, okay, so they're topless. So, you know, at that point, at my stage, there wasn't a lot of people, you know, there was, I don't know, at times it was 50,000, 70,000. I even have a recording in, in somewhere where I have the whole audience say hi to my daughters. I have them go, hi, Jessica, hi, Ellen. So the two girls are on their boyfriend's shoulders. With no and I told them, to, I go, make out, you know, whatever. The crowd goes out. So a band comes on. I go backstage. And one of the promoters comes up to me. He says, this is true. He goes, just tone it down a little. This is a family event. <laughs> I go, the, what, the Mansons? They're on drugs rolling in the fucking mud. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the West stage, the same stage that fucking insane clown posse played yeah, on, you know, fifth family yeah. event. So <laughs> I curse. Am I allowed to curse on your podcast? Oh, I absolutely. Slip. Yeah, yeah. No, go crazy. So I'm hosting, I'm hosting it. And uh, at one point, uh, like we had a trailer. It was a big trailer for the bands. And there was a little room in the trailer a little room with just a recliner chair. And I go, that's your dressing room. You know, <laughs> they, they, they had the whole trail and I had maybe one fifth of it. So I don't know. I walked back to my trail, my part, and I, I was smoking. I smoked cigarettes and I walked in smoking a cigarette and this guy's in there and goes, can you put your cigarette out? I go, well, this is my dressing room. 
the fucking I go get the fuck out or whatever. <laughs> and it was the lead singer of Buck Cherry, right? Oh boy. <laughs> who, who I who I thought was one of the best bands there. I ended up, <laughs> I ended up buying his CD, so he wins in the long run. Right. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I, think I think he apologized to me later. I That's so he, weird that he would be the one to complain about smoking because their band is like cocaine, smoking, hookers, you know what I mean? So like well, to have the, because we, we, we call him like the crypt keeper of Woodstock 99 because he was so railed yeah. out you know, at the time. So to have him complain about cigarette smoke seems kind of silly. Well, he was warming up his voice. Uh, I see. Also, now I know he's sober, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, he was on Celebrity Rehab, I believe. He was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like in that mix of, of all those, you know, post-Sunset Strip bands that, you know, w w went a little too hard. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't get, they didn't explode and become bigger. They, I thought they were great. They were kind of like a Zeppelin to me, but I thought they were fucking great. A great yeah, and, I mean, and that's a so that's a West Stage act. What other acts were, were you into that that played? I mean, you had so many on that stage throughout the days. But if any stand out to you, let me know, or I can throw some out and I can see if you remember. Oh, I, real quick, I remember at Woodstock '97. Was it '97? '94. '94. About thirty of us comics went up there and did shows on the little stages all over the place, and. I mean, I've been sober 34 years now. So in 94, uh, 94, I probably, how many years ago? That's 17 years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, no, 94 no, would be 26. No, 26 years. So I had 20, I had eight years sober. And I was at Woodstock 94. And I just felt so, uh, not connected. I felt so alone, surrounded by hundreds of thousands of people. And then they had an, uh, a twelve-step meeting, uh, twenty-four hours around. And oh I wow! Went to, and I went to it. It was out. It was so cool. I'm in a twelve-step meeting, and then I'm listening to Crosby, Stills, and Nash at the same time. At that time. <laughs> it's so like the angel and the devil, you know. So we were I, we were doing little stages in '94. At, you know, they were just little around the place. And then when they asked me to do 99, I'm like, you know, to host a big stage, I'm like, whoa, this is so cool. Uh, and the band, like, I remember in the day, like, sometimes I remember when Ice-T had to go on, or Ice Cube, Ice Cube had to go on. And it was in the middle of the afternoon. He wouldn't, he was so, he sat backstage for an extra, like, 45 minutes. Because the place... Our stage was empty. The audience, like at three o'clock, you know, for and he was furious. I and mean, he's a big star, right? Yeah, you know, I guess he was a big star back then. Oh yeah, no, he was huge. He probably already did Boys in the Hood, you know, by then. Oh yeah, yeah, he was on a, a resurgence with some metal bands doing shit like that. Yeah, so he finally came out, but he was pissed, you know, uh, and I guess. See, my music I grew up on was even before those, you know, I grew up on uh, Cretans or The Who, uh, you know, uh, Cretans. I said them, right? Uh, right? The Who, yes. You know, bands like that, Cat Stevens. So the bands at Woodstock were pretty much the next era of bands, I would imagine. You know, I, you know what... Uh, What's his name with Planet Drum? Mickey. I mean, he played with the Dead. Right. So it was back, was, you know, that's the first concert I ever went to was a Grateful Dead in Philadelphia. They played for five hours. I go, is this fucking band ever going to stop? <laughs> I, did, I was at the Spectrum. They played for five hours, I think. Four or Christ. five Christ. That's a lot. Yeah, it was at least four. And so the bands at Woodstock, like I love Buck Cherry. I'm on my stage, I'm trying to remember. There wasn't really any bands that I can remember that I grew up with. You know what I mean? That right. I, that, that I connected to. Even on the East stage, you know, Corn. I didn't know. I couldn't tell you a Corn song if you paid me. You know? Right. Uh, right. And that's kind of what the MC of the other stage was saying that, you know, he was jealous of your stage because at least you had the Mickey Hart and something a little bit closer to what Woodstock looked like, you know, back when it originally happened. Whereas East stage, yeah, yeah you got your Limp Biscuits and your Corn, and it's like, 
that's when you get all the bad shit that happened at Woodstock 99. Yeah. And so to me, the experience was going up in between bands when I did and, uh, you know, talking with the audience, telling them, you know, to do, you know, whatever, every now and then some bits or crowd work or whatever, uh, you know, and then, you know, because after three days, you know, you're losing your voice. It's really oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was getting tiring, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I know we made TV when that wavy gravy guy, I was on stage with him. Right. I just actually saw that video. It's on YouTube. Uh, yeah. You guys palling around. But what was that like? I mean, he's like a Woodstock absolute legend. He's like a relic of the real deal. So to I have mean, him on stage, just, you know? Yeah. Again, they had to tell me who he was. I'm pretty sure. It was fun. You know, he, he got, he got a lot of press, a lot of heat when he was up there. You know, Ben and Jerry's named an ice cream after him. Uh, you know, being in the, in the food tent, you know, I'd be standing online getting food, you know, and, and behind me is Kid Rock or Rosie Perez, you know, or taking the bus over. I, I remember taking the bus, I think it was back to the hotel. There was a guy on the bus. I go, uh, what are you doing, he, doing here? He goes, I'm in a band. I go, what band? And he goes, I think it was, he had blonde hair. Was it Our Mother of Peace? Oh, Our Lady Peace? Our Lady of Peace. Uh, and he had blonde hair. I go, oh, who are you? Who are they? Whatever. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. But this guy was a famous, it was either that band or maybe another one, but I think it was that one. And he was the lead singer. You know, and they were, they're from Canada, right? Yeah. They're from Canada. He was, he was pretty fucking, he was pretty famous, you know. Uh, so a lot of the bands, I'm trying to remember who was on my stage. I didn't introduce every band. I introduced, some came on to, uh, you know, the voice of God or whatever they call it. So, what, wait, what was that? Because I haven't heard about that, but uh, what's the voice of God going on there? Yeah, the voice of God is when they're introduced from backstage. Oh, or, I see. Or ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, uh, some bands had their own pre-recorded intro. Right, that's right. You know, so I didn't introduce every band. I, you know, I introduced a lot. Like I, I couldn't even. I never even heard of Insane Insane Clown Posse, and they came in and they, they, the crowd was going nuts. Yeah, <laughs> stowed on everybody, and and it, it was like crazy. And I think they were on in the day also, if I can remember. Yeah, it's like it's like kind of getting towards like when the sun was coming down. But they were the ones throwing soda all over everyone and everything else. So now yeah. it's, you know, 100 degrees outside or, or starting to wind down. But now you're covered in sticky shit, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I kind of felt, I, well, I didn't feel, I didn't know, uh, you know, that, you know, people couldn't get water. It was tough for the audience members there. You know, you're backstage, you got everything you want, or going to the hotel at night, taking a shower. You know, we were staying at Turning Stone. It just opened, you know, the casino. So, you know, on, in, in the day, I'm on stage. At night, I'm shooting craps, you know, taking a <laughs> shower. Uh, and, and these people are sleeping in mud tents. Oh, yeah. But it's also, you know, not coming to an event like that prepared also is, is on, on you as a person. You know, if I'm going to an, well, no, when I was young, I used to, I remember hitchhiking to see, we went to a con, big outdoor concert called at Pocono Raceway. It was a big outdoor thing with Badfinger, Emerson Lake and Palmer. It was just a big outdoor, Pocono, Pocono 10, I think it was called. If you look it up, there was major bands. Yeah, that sounds great. And we hitchhiked there and, you know, we didn't have anything. I did Quaaludes and ended up see, sitting under bunch of bikers <laughs> they put a tarp over their motorcycles and for some reason they took me in you know i don't know yep. if they were pagans or hell's angels but uh you know i was hanging out with them so i wasn't prepared so i guess as a kid you wouldn't come prepared well young people i feel like used to be tougher you know each generation we get weaker and weaker like my generation we are fucking whack you know what I mean? but like you know so by 99 yes they're not gonna be sleeping under bikes they're gonna be rioting because bottled water was too expensive you know what i mean maybe yeah. go softer but what do you think of like the grounds there so we're talking about mud tents and of course you have the backstage and you know the shuttle buses and all that but just it being at an air force base and just the way it looked i mean do you have any thoughts on that i remember walking around i i went over to the hangar which one story i couldn't believe 
I don't know what was band was on, but they wouldn't let John Entwistle jam. You know, he was the bass player for the Who. Right. Yeah. And they and they they said no, like to him. <laughs> Fucking bass player to the who, you jackass. Yeah, the only, like, one of the only actual people that played at the real Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I walked over to the head, and I, I went backstage on the east stage when a, a Alanis Morissette was going on. Okay. So I was backstage, and that was a crazy scene backstage there. You know, Brother Weiss and Tom Papa hosted that. Like, I didn't have one thing thrown at me in three days. That's you know I got to go up on stage and talk and laugh and tell. There they just really introduced. They didn't get to do because that their stage was just crazy. I remember they came over and said, "Do you want to host the East stage at all?" I said, "No, I'm good here." <laughs> and I stayed on the West for all three days. You know, and there was big bands on my stage. You know, uh, Megadeth was on my stage. Right. I think they were. They were one of. I think they closed it out either Saturday night or Sunday night. Uh, yeah, they headlined the the final day, so that's when like every all the yeah. shit starts breaking down. So I mean, were you were you privy to any of that stuff? Like when fires were starting and and things were going on, like were you seeing any of that? No, we were in buses. We were so far away from them, and we you know they would drive us out. And I think you could see some flames or smoke, you know. But I think it was also blown out of proportion. It wasn't like it wasn't like Minnesota, Minnesota you know, in the last couple of months. Right. You know, I mean, I guess they lit a couple of things on fire. I guess if you put a bunch of kids on drugs, not all of them, but a lot on drugs, hungry and thirsty and, you know, pretty disheveled after three days, it could get out of hand. You know, how do you, how do you put, how much security can you put for that many people? Right. You know and what they I were, mean? They so I don't too, know. Yeah. I don't know how bad it was because we weren't there. My stage was great the whole time. The West stage, there was no trouble, you know, no nothing being thrown, people just enjoying it. But then on the East stage, it was it was like the difference between you know uh, you know uh, World War Two and uh, a nice day out on my stage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a little bit different. Also, I remember on your stage, because there's tons of video uh, of all this stuff, because it was on pay-per-view, you know, which I'm sure added some level of pressure. I mean, you were a pro by that point, but, you know, still. Um, someone got engaged, like someone proposed, and you were kind of there oh, yeah. during that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Also, I remember you announcing that two kids got lost, and they were looking for their dad. You had to make an announcement like that. Like, did that happen often? No. Uh, I remember when they got engaged, and all I kept saying is, I hope she says no. Yeah. Uh, what a dumb thing to do in front of everybody. You know, they do it in comedy clubs. Can I get in? Oh, fuck, that's personal. I mean, maybe at a Woodstock, it might be cool because that's, you know, something, an event that's a once in a lifetime. But at a comedy club, you're a fucking ridiculous jackass doing yeah. it. You know, yeah. yeah, Woodstock would be cool. Yeah, we got engaged. That would we got engaged right before uh, the riots broke out. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, right before you know, Buck so Cherry came out and, yeah, and said, "Let's eat some pussy and sing about coke." Yeah, <laughs> romantic. Uh, I I don't remember announcing the kids got lost, which is kind of weird that you would bring kids to that event. You know. Right. You know, well, it was the peace, love, and music uh, thing, and, you and, know. And, well, they try you, listen, and they do this with movies. They do this with everything. You cannot recreate history. The original Woodstock had, for, you know, Joplin, Hendrix, The Who, the biggest bands in history back then. Cretans, you know, they had them all. Joan Baez, you name it, they had it. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. It was the biggest thing in music, I think, ever was Woodstock. You know, the first Woodstock. Absolutely. You cannot recreate that. Just like uh, you can't recreate, you know, a, a movie. You, you know, Godfather 3 was unwatchable. So the best thing to do is try to find your own identity. You know, having Peter Max make these posters, nobody knew who the fuck Peter Max was at Woodstock 99. Right. Yeah, you know, both the stages, right, yeah. 
and not saying it wasn't great or what, you know, because he did 69, and Peter Max obviously will go down in history to one of the best artists. But you can't mix that old with the new and try to, re in my opinion, no, recreate, yeah, definitely. recreate what happened in 69. You know, uh, it, it was a different era, different type of people, more peace and love uh, in 69. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, it was crazy times back then. You know, Vietnam and 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 peace, love, and 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 acid and shit. But it was more peaceful, right? I think of a time than '99. Right. And if they did something now, you know, and the bands were different. Well, do you think the music has anything to do with what happened with like the outcome and the kind of the lasting legacy of Woodstock, which now has that big black mark on its face because of the looting and all that stuff. Do you think the music what played a part in that or was it just a, everything? Was it a perfect storm? I think, I think it's everything. And, you know, uh, like, as I said, and it's, I hate, you know, maybe uh, I'm so out of touch. I, I, I couldn't tell you the music of Limp Biscuit or Corn if it was violent or, but I know if Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young was on the stage, people aren't going to fucking riot and go nuts, you know, listening right. for, to Joplin. How fucked up of a band do you have to be that the Doors weren't invited to Woodstock? When Woodstock said, you know, when the Doors, when Jim Morrison, ah, I don't know if you're right for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, too far out. And now you have, you know, insane clown posse body slapping police through tables and shit. So yeah. uh, the, the I, crowd, too, I feel like it was just different. You know, in 69, there was obviously the vibe of we're coming together to, you know, fight against the powers that be. Whereas 99, we're coming together just to fight is kind of what it seemed like. You know, people were angry at the thing itself, not necessarily the world out the outside. I think the way, you know, also, yeah, they were angry at also, too. There's no water, it's $7 or $6 a bottle. Here's the difference. 69 wasn't commercialized as much as 99, or probably, like, barely. 99 was, you know, once, once uh, industries or, or uh, what do you call it, companies take over, then, then it's not, it, it, it goes from, you know, something free flowing to, you know, very uh, rigid or, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if I can yeah. find the words. Well, it's like peace, love and music versus peace, love and music brought to you by Pepsi. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it loses the sentiment. When corporations take over, you know, I mean, look at Vegas, Las Vegas back in the day, you know, uh, compared to now. Now it's all big corporation. Back in the day, you get you know, a free meal if you showed up, or free this, free that, you know, now it's all corporations. Uh, so the whole world is corporate. I mean, if you look at, you know, during this pandemic, who, who stays open and who doesn't? Oh, absolutely. You know, the biggest corporate, you know, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, Target, Amazon, these are all big corporations making tons of money. Where's the entertainment business right now? It's fucking not happening. It's done. For right. now. This is it. This is what we got. <laughs> what? For now, you know, I haven't worked really in five, six months. So that's the difference between 69 and 99. But obviously you're going to change with the times. And like I started to say, you can't recreate. You cannot recreate a mood. It's right. hard to recreate a mood or a feeling. And the, the mood around, and I wasn't at 69. I was young. I was eight years old. Uh, no, 57, 69, I was uh, 12 years old, you know, and it, it, it's just all different. And then, so 94, it just, it went from 69 to 94, which is uh, 25 years in between, which is a long time. A lot of shit happens. Right. And then from 94, they, they tried to do it so quick and did it in 99 again. Yeah, blew their wad. Too quick. Because 94 wasn't that bad. No, I yeah, it's remembered as being a very positive, at least musically, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. There was still like mud and sanitation issues and overcrowding, stuff like that, but it wasn't the same, you know what I mean? No. But yeah, they, they thought, oh, well, great, let's do it again that fast, copy of a copy of a copy, it starts getting blurry. Yeah, it gets, it gets watered down and diluted. Uh, 
yeah, 94, what I can remember was pretty cool. And there was cool bands. I, I can't tell you, I can't remember, but I, you know, I just remember Crosby, Stills, Nash were there. Santana probably was there. Uh, so, I mean, listen, I loved hosting 99. I, I had so much fun. I got a big poster in my room of, of Woodstock 99. Oh, Me, killer, I, yeah. I, 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 I'll show it to you later, maybe towards the end of this. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. Walk this into my room and show you that. Uh, so, name some of the bands out around. I, I remember. Well, you, you guys had George Clinton. You, know, you had, you yeah, had Parliament oh, wait, Funkadelic. No, we had. Like the just, Funk All Stars. No, we didn't have. We had Bernie. Uh, Bernie Worrell played as well. Um, I just, and then I, you. They're, they're from my home. I talked to them. That's, I remember oh. that. They're from my hometown, the Parliament. Was George Clinton there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He played actually on Thursday night and then played on Friday as well, headlining the West Stage, while uh, Bush played on the East Stage. How come I wasn't there Thursday night? I don't think I was. There, there was like a pre-show that happened Thursday for like oh. the early comers, so there was only maybe like oh. 10 bands that played oh. on just the West Stage versus, you know, the actual festival kicking off the next day. Oh, maybe I did talk to George Clinton. I, I had, if he was there and I was there, I would have talked to him because I'm from where Plainfield, New Jersey, where they're from. Right. Who else? Who else? Uh, you, you had Los Lobos. You had Godsmack. Uh, Seven Dust, what was one of the yeah. gnarlier ones that played. I've done um, radio with Godsmack. Uh, yeah. Some guys from Godsmack. Uh, who else? Uh, the band called Strange Folk. You had a uh, band called Mo. Chemical Brothers was one of the yeah, headliners. Oh. Yeah, I think, yeah. The chemo Mo. That guy might have been the lead singer to Mo that I was on the bus with. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Uh, I I should have, you know, if I did my due diligence, uh, I would have just had the list pulled up here. But fuck it. Um, there, wait, let's see. We also had. Well, then there's the pre-show day, Megadeth. Um, uh, well, also, oh, here, here's something. So every day the, the stage was started with, with a group called Spitfire. And that was like Perry Farrell and, and some other people. It was more of like an activist thing. I think Andy Dick came out one day. Oh, Do you remember anything about that? That was unwatchable. Tell me, what, tell me about that because that's something that there's no footage of. I don't know. I remember taking the bus over with Andy Dick. Andy Dick is Andy Dick, you know. I mean, yeah. there's nothing I could say that you haven't read or heard about him. He's a weird guy, you know. And I remember taking a bus from the hotel with Andy Dick, one of the Baldwin brothers. I don't know which one, but yeah, Stephen was there. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Kennedy, who's uh, on Fox or something now. Yeah. She was on MTV, I guess, at the time or at some point. Right. Brother Weese, you know, I knew Brother Weese before that from doing his radio show. But Andy Dick went on, but there was like no one there. And it was just, it, it was, I guess, some type of performance art or spoken word or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, that, that just all sounds terrible. <laughs> just spoken word with the fucking... I don't know what he was doing, but I know if it was at night, it would have been, it would have been brutal. So yeah, I'm gonna pull up some uh s some other acts here. Also, just uh, you know, this might be diving a little too deep, but did you get any action that weekend? I know at '94 I did. But uh, I, you know, being the the boss man of the West Stage, were, were, you know, you able to pull anything? Uh, well, no, uh, no, I didn't know, and I had a hotel too with a shower. Yeah. I don't think I. <laughs> uh, I know at '94 I fooled around with this girl. We didn't have sex, but we fooled around. At '99, I remember walking around. I brought my friend Artie there. Artie was in that van that was hit by the Walmart truck with Tracy Morgan. Oof. Uh, he's doing great now. He's, he's rich. He's, I can't even tell you how much money he's got now, but he, was, <laughs> he got really fucked up after that. But he came up there with me uh, to Woodstock. And I did walk around like once or twice out amongst the people. Uh, but I'm 90 percent sure I didn't meet any any girls I can't imagine why I mean I was single uh, I was the host <laughs> I 
had access to water and food and a hotel. Uh, like boy, a king. I must have had a bad rap back then. I was, yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like a king. Holy shit. I was like Caligula. Yeah. yeah, well, and it's funny, too, because your stage, the West Stage, had those big pillars, too, and it was made to look, because it was Rome, New York, so it was made to look, you know, ancient Rome that had kind of this debauched thing. You know, speaking yeah. of debauchery, I mean, just looking out at the crowd in between, I mean, there's obviously tons of nudity, tons of body paint and things like that. Is there any, like, one thing in particular that stands out besides the the two girls that you got you know in trouble that, that for talking to the two girls stood out uh i remember walking around just walking talking with people uh what stood out was the lead singer buck sherry telling me to put on my cigarette in my uh dressing right. room. uh what else stood out uh i'm standing online uh on the food, you know, in the food tent and talking to Rose. I knew Rosie Perez before that, I think. We might have done one thing, uh, talking with her. And I've taken a picture with Kid Rock. I'll show you my poster in my room later. Uh, what else stood out? Losing everything I made at the crab table in uh, Syracuse. So Brother Weiss talked about seeing Vern Troyer playing, playing the tables there. Did, did, did you gamble at all with Vern Troyer? Mini-me? No, I didn't. I, no, I didn't gamble with him. You, no. did, okay. Because I know he was floating around Woodstock 99. Uh, did you have any celebrity announcers on your stage like that, that you brought up? I mean, minus Wavy Gravy, if we, if we want to count that. But like, you know, because the East stage, yeah, had Rosie Perez and a Baldwin. Did you have guests like that? No, I, not that I remember. You know, we're going back 21 years ago, too. So, you know, uh, you know, uh, I guess some bands might have had their own. I, I, I don't remember. Did it, is there any uh, any documentation of it from the. Uh, I, I haven't. I, I can't remember seeing. I mean, again, we've watched every single set of every band. That, that's how big losers we are here at Podcast 99. We've watched every single set of every band. So it's like you're in it a whole bunch and Brother Wee. So it's like you hear these voices at the start of so many bands. And at the, by the end of the day three, you guys sound exactly the same. It's just like, eh, like, because yeah, it's my just God. Yeah, I mean, both of you guys, it's like, you're, oh, welcome to the stage. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, which is great. But, you know, it's like it all kind of blends together. That's why I had to pull up the list. Like uh, other acts that were on your stage was like Rusted Root. You had like a lot of the kind of hippie-ish stuff over there uh -huh. like rusted root uh then you had collective soul that that was a big one mike ness also played mike ness is when the proposal happened um and then you also had a band guster perform and uh -huh. i don't i don't know if you remember them at all they were like an acoustic act it's kind of you know boring stuff at, at the time but when the camera leave, you might appreciate this when the camera leaves the stage like and is just showing all the in-between stuff when you're coming out and talking like you're telling everyone go get some water and blah 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 the camera zooms in on this little radio booth that was doing a promotional thing and had three strippers on top butt naked and there's yeah. like a there's like a crowd of like it's like dawn of the dead outside of the mall of just like men and boys you know young boys becoming men like seeing these three naked women for the first time and they have super soakers and if you go on youtube and you, and you skip to the end of the guster set you hear you talking the camera turns and it's just three <laughs> chicks just like butt naked on top of this radio thing i i wonder how much coverage i they have of me throughout woodstock 99 i, I think i saw like one video with me and wavy gravy uh I th I'll look into it today or tonight. Yeah, it, it's the bands. Like usually, that that's where you're at. Because like, you come out and you're like, oh, with Guster. Oh, we say, like, we actually took this sample of you on the episode because you come out and you say, all right, folks. Warning, warning. Let me tell you, if you want your asses blown out, stay in the room from Boston, Guster. And then these guys come out, it's three guys with acoustic guitars. It's totally not like as blasting at all. Oh, really? <laughs> but I Why would I say that? <laughs> Maybe you didn't know what they sounded like. I don't know. I, I think a lot of stuff I was told what to say on some stuff. Really? Yeah. 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 Check yeah. it out, Guster. It's worth it for the beginning when you say that. And then at the very end when you see the naked chicks. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, these bands on my stage were not. I mean, East Stage had more A-listers than 
in the West stage. I, I remember uh, Mickey Hart and Planet Drum were, were great. I mean, they just, just killed. Right, you know, that's real Woodstock stuff right there. And they killed. Buck Sherry killed. I think when Megadeth came on, we left. That's when we were leaving. So that right. might have been before all the stuff. So it's the day after Woodstock now. And, and all the stories are coming out, you know, for the next week, it's going to be on the front page of all the newspapers and on MTV and everything. W were you shocked at all when you saw kind of like the extent of, of like the looting or like them setting trucks on fire and stuff? Did, was it surprising oh, they, at all? Or? Wait, did they set trucks? I mean, was it? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Refrigerated trucks uh, literally exploded on the grounds there. Oh, really? So it was better than I thought. I oh, mean, yeah. was ATMs kind of were broken into. They were all empty by that time, but the ATMs were tore out, you know, loot. Like a lot of the vendors, you know, it was cash businesses back then. So they had, you know, some of them had upwards of $100,000 on them and they're having to scramble to, you know, protect that. <laughs> I mean, oh. everything else. Oh, I thought it was just a couple of fires. I didn't oh, no, know. No. Yeah, yeah, looting the the whole the whole nine. They they tore down the delay towers, millions of dollars worth of damage. Someone stole a Mercedes Benz, flipped that on the field. You know, yeah. oh yeah, it, it was the whole deal. So it was better than I thought. Uh, wow. And there was uh, the sexual assault things that were happening, and I mean, I don't know if you were able to see any of this, but virtually every band you watch when you're watching the footage, you see someone getting groped. Even if it's just as casual as a random hand coming up and catching a squeeze. I mean, that's happening nonstop, but by the end of it, you start hearing these really hardcore stories where people- Yeah, I heard some of those. Stuff. Yeah. But that was more, I think, on the East stage than my stage. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, you had the, you kind of had the, the peace, love, and music stage. Yeah, that's why you didn't see as much of that violence or uh, all, all that craziness. Uh, I remember driving home, calling my agent at the time. I'm saying, you know, get me something out of this because it was big. I'm watching right now two groundhogs chase each other around across the street. There's groundhogs deer where I live, every friggin' animal. Uh, <laughs> I remember calling my agent going, this thing is big. So I was driving home the next day, probably when all the stuff was on the news, you know, that morning and that night. It's so weird. I kind of, I really wish I remember. Did I, you know, I don't even know if I watched the news that night. Because to me, I wasn't, we already left. We left when Megadeth came on, I'm pretty sure. That's when our van left. So I go back to the hotel. I remember sleep, getting up and driving home the next day. And just... Maybe listening to some, some stuff on the radio. Right. It wasn't as graphic. You couldn't see anything. You know, there's just saying, oh, fires broke out. You know, that's why I thought it was down. I thought I sound like I downplayed it. I thought it was just a couple fires. Or I just forgot when you said about the sexual assaults, I remember some people saying that. Right. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's all just these mutant versions of things that were celebrated at the original Woodstock that have grown into monsters by the time 99 happens. It's like this free love thing became like, well, I'm just going to steal the love, you know? And then, you know, the, the dancing around a fire became like, well, yeah, that fire is being fueled by all the garbage that was being picked up and all the shit we just stole. Like, it's just crazy. How much, like these riots, was this hundreds of people, 50 people? I mean, how big... I'd say, I mean, you know, because, I mean, you know better than anyone. There was a lot yeah. of fucking people there, you know, hundreds of thousands. Yeah. So I, I would say it's probably safe to assume that maybe at the max, there was a couple thousand people that were doing all this stuff. But, you know, when all the security left, because that's what they did, they kind of just quit because a lot of those guys were hired guns that were exhausted anyways. Yeah, why would they get hurt or involved? Exactly. And, uh, you know, there's radio transcriptions where they're saying, hey, you know, don't be a hero. Don't get near that car that's on fire. Fuck this. So they were just taking off their security uniforms and leaving. So there's no one to stop these couple thousand people. So that, you know, it, it adds up. And yeah, they were, you know, looting all the stuff. And it was mostly Woodstock merch that they were looting. It wasn't like they were busting into like the hemp guys, you know, thing or stealing bumper stickers from like the activists. It was, you know, Woodstock 99 merch, things that they felt like they were getting their money back with. Oh, well, see, if you had a boot there, you should have been out. You should have left early yeah. Sunday. Yeah. So besides all that, I mean, do you think Woodstock 99 is important? Like, is it worth mentioning at all, like as a cultural event? Or is it, is it just 
Woodstock. I mean, obviously for you, it's a landmark event. I mean, that's a huge, unforgettable career mark. But as okay. a cultural landmark, is it worth it? Here's, and I'm not, you know, this is your podcast, but when you hear Woodstock, it's 69. That's the first thing that you think of when you hear Woodstock. If you know anything about Woodstock, it's 69. Maybe to uh, a generation much younger than me, Woodstock 99 is something. But it, it won't go down in history. Like, how many Woodstock 99 albums do they sell compared to Woodstock 59 albums? You know, there's the fucking movies on Woodstock 99. There's been movies made about it, documentaries about it. I don't even know if there's any documentaries on 99. Maybe there is. Right. Uh, well, hopefully soon, you know, that we'll get the uh, essential, you know, Scorsese, you know, fucking uh, Buck Cherry remix, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know. It's not going to be, it's not that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's corporation. It's not, you know, uh, how many things, you know, uh, you know, once cor corporations took over concert events, you know, you know, you remember when the Who smashed your equipment and stuff like that. Uh, but then it came into these big PNC stadiums or this stadium. It, it just, you know, you remember when the Beatles walked out at Shea Stadium. Right. You know? uh, it was just, it was a, a radio event with like Cousin Brucey or somebody, I don't know, or whoever was announced. It, you know, it was the Beatles' first outdoor thing. First performance in the States, Shea Stadium. That goes down in history. Woodstock right. 69 was the first, you know, after Woodstock 69, you had Watkins Glen, which was a bigger concert, but it still wasn't Woodstock. Right. Pocono Raceway, the one I was at, big, tent, big outdoor three-day festival, still wasn't Woodstock. You know, nobody remembers Watkins Glen, you know, uh, who was there? Uh, the Dead, the Allman Brothers, I think. Uh, I mean, big bands, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, but it was, it was like three or four, it, whatever. I don't know how yeah. many bands were, were at Watkins Glen. You know, what do you remember? You remember Woodstock, you remember Ultimont, because the Hells Angels beat up people with, pool, you know, and the Rolling Stones. Uh, Woodstock 99, I'll, I'll remember. It was one of the coolest things in my career. It's in the top five coolest things I've ever done. I've done some cool fucking things in, in my career. That's right. in the top five was hosting Woodstock 99. Uh, you know, and things that end up sour like that, you don't want to remember. You kind of want to forget it. You don't want, you know, nobody likes bad memories. Right. You know, you want good memories, you know, and... You know, what's a movie going to be about Woodstock 99? You know, oh, shit, the price of water, $7? Or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, well, people love a disaster. I'm surprised there's no documentary on it. How did no one ever make a documentary on it? I think it has a lot to do with the fact that the promoters and the people that own the name Woodstock, you know, that it's just such a shameful thing and they were held so accountable for it. Like just in reality and in the public eye that they're just like, eh, like why bother? To like exactly. People don't want bad memories. They want good memories, you know, just like you yeah. said. So in their opinion, you know, it's, and I know that there's probably some things, you know, in, in being made right now, or, or, you know, I, I know something was just announced that they're making something for Netflix about it or whatever, but you know, yeah, they, they just don't want to promote it the same way because they were in yeah. such a rush to release the DVDs and the CDs when it happened and all that stuff was already in production that by the time the festival actually ended, they couldn't do anything with all this shit because no one wanted it because it ended so poorly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's kind of sad because, like I said, my stage was great. I have no idea what the, the hangar was, the third stage. Mm -hmm. Both more alternative bands, I think, probably even local or whatever. Yeah, well, and that's where John Antwistle actually had his own set, yeah. and it was the emerging artist stage in the daytime. So they put the one fucking guy that played at the real Woodstock, you know, besides Mickey Hart, on like in a hangar with all these, you know, up and comers that didn't even make it to one of the other stages. And then at nighttime, it was a rave. 
There was a what? A rave? So, yeah, yeah, all night in the hangar. So from like midnight to like 5 a.m., it was like ecstasy land and orgy land. What? Oh, you, wasn't that like where the uh, sexual assaults happened? Uh, some. I mean, like for, for the most part, what I've read is a lot of the sexual assaults happened like in – East stage mosh pits, like people getting crowd surfed oh. into a group of guys that would then, you know, devour you, or which is terrifying, or you know, people getting snagged into porta potties or leaving the site. You know, there was people waiting around for the drunk person that lost their friends to be, you know, walking out. So shit, uh-huh. shit like that is is where a lot of that stuff happened. Whereas the rave had like very participatory group sex. Oh, oh, uh, oh what was I? They just Amazon just dropped off the package, so I. I lost my train of thought. Uh, uh, oh shit! Yeah, well, we're talking about heavy stuff, sexual assaults. Yeah. You know where, where they happened, things yeah, like that. Yeah, no, I know that. I just there was something about I don't know the uh, the other stage besides ours. I don't know. I mean, it'd be cool. That, I mean, you know, if they do something on Netflix, if I get on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I'm, for sure. I it's huh? just a forgot. It's just a forgotten festival. You know what I mean. So it's like we're the only guys that you know went went this deep into it. You know, all these years later, and we were like, I was too young to even go at that time. Like I was probably the age you were when the original one happened. Yeah. You know? but so it stood out to me because these were the biggest bands of of my time. You know, when when you're a kid and whatever's on MTV, that's what you like. So yeah. you know that, that that's kind of where my interest started. But. Uh, well, we'll see. You. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take this to my room so you can see the uh, poster I have on my wall. Oh yeah, I'd love to see it. Yeah, it's very very cool hearing these stories and kind of getting the uh, the, the backstage, you know, scoop. I don't For you know. folks uh, listening at home, I'm getting an inside view of uh, Rich Voss's house here. I'm, uh, I'm gonna map it out later. Oh, cool! Look at that! Wow! Look at the crowd I work to. Wow! And that's just a pan. Yeah, there's the delay tower there. That's your pass there. Is that the all access pass? Uh, yeah, artist all access. Fuck. Uh. Oh wait, yeah, yeah. That's the west stage right there. Wow, that's so cool that you have all that stuff, like that. I have a whole photo album of stuff from from this. Oh, here's the fires right here. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. And that was probably one of the first ones. Cause from my, my understanding, some of the first ones started in a campsite that was kind of offshoot to the West stage. So that's like kind of where they start. And then you start seeing really nasty ones happening on the East stage. Look at, look at here, how many people I'm in front of. God. So was that any more pressure than, than, you know, normal? I mean, obviously you're a performer, but to go up on stage in front of, you know, that many more people, or is, since it's a concert atmosphere, is it a little more easy to kind of jump into it? It's easy because it's really, I mean, it's not like I'm doing a set. I do in some stuff here and there. A lot of it is announcements, you know, a lot of it uh, is just introductions, some time killing in between bands, you know, say go kill five minutes or 10 minutes or, you know, it's all, you know. And then, I mean, you know, as a comic, I didn't have, as much materials I have now or experience. Right. You know, so it, it, it's, uh, it would be different now. I mean, I did something like four years ago, three years ago at the Washington monument. I hosted, it was a whole big thing on recovery awareness. And I host, and I got to do a 10 minute set too. And it was great because there was a lot of people in recovery there. It was a, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, from Aerosmith, the lead singer. Oh, Steven uh, Tyler. Steven Tyler. Uh, Cheryl Crow. Uh, some other bands, The Fray. Uh, and just, uh, the drummer uh, from the Eagles. Is that, wait, which was, anyhow, you know, I hosted that. Yeah. You know, there were speakers on that show. It was on the it was like fifteen thousand there. Wow. It was so cool though, because at the end they all came out Cheryl Crow. They all came out and sang Come Together at the end. Cheryl Crow, 
Steven Tyler, and it was so cool. So that I got to do like a 10 minute set and some material, a lot of cover material. So it was, it was, it was, it was cool too. But it was, you know, it was one day, not three days. You know, well, and it's a little more, I feel like the attention is a little more centered at a thing like that, as opposed to, you know, a, a Woodstock deal. But also, I mean, you, you know, Cheryl Crow and Steven Tyler, the three of you guys together, that's, that's Woodstock history right there. Cause Aerosmith did 94. So did Cheryl Crow. And then you yeah. and Cheryl Crow did 99 and you did 94. <laughs> so fucking that's like Woodstock royalty in my book. <laughs> that, yeah. And Cheryl Crow, she was actually the most outspoken against 99 out of any of the artists. She was not having it. I mean, if you look up any Cheryl Crow quotes about 99, just she just shits on it. I was backstage when she was going on. That's when I went backstage uh, on the East stage was when mm-hmm. Cheryl Crow was going on. Uh, I don't even know if I said anything to her or whatever. If I can remember, she didn't seem happy then. Right. Uh, right, which is ironic, her song, I mean, If It Makes You Happy. Uh, so... Yeah. It's been fucking killer talking to you, dude. I really, really appreciate you coming on the show. Do you have anything you want to plug? Where can we hear some of your stuff? I know you got all sorts of things all the time. Well, we, have, we have a free roast called Boss Roast. It's on YouTube. BossRoast.com on YouTube. It's the best roast you'll ever see. I actually just said just so that that was one at the cellar, right? At the, uh, yeah, Village Underground. Yeah, I, 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 just, I just watched that the other day when I was prepping to, to speak with you. Yeah, it was fucking hilarious, dude. I was dying. Anyway, Great, man. Well, listen, good luck with everything. When they do the documentary, call me. Oh, you got it, bud. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Take it easy. So there you have it. Lil Raspy, the West Stage MC of Woodstock 99. We are getting closer and closer to completing the puzzle that is Woodstock 99. So as always, folks, if you went to, worked at, or played Woodstock 99, contact us on Instagram at podcast99 or by email at podcast99official at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Lichten, and I'll see you at Woodstock.